and welcome to another joke-free opener episode of <laughs> We Only Look Thin. I am Katherine Weigel. I have no clever opening for you today. Uh, I am uh, one of your hosts of We Only Look Thin. I've lost about 145 pounds, and with me today is... Donald Weigel, and I have lost about 100 pounds. And I think the irony of that is that Saying that you had no joke was, in fact, a funny joke. Thanks. We I liked it. We spent a lot of time writing notes for the podcast, prepping. I'm not sure anything is more stressful and overwhelming than trying to come up with some clever opener. <laughs> some quippy, quippy opener you that, know, that nobody pays any come attention here to. For yeah. Half the times it doesn't make sense, uh, but this time it suddenly felt very important. So I just went with the discomfort of it. Sometimes things are uncomfortable, Donald. Yeah, sometimes they are. Now I'm getting more and more uncomfortable well, as we talk about it. <laughs> what, what is more uncomfortable is that on the last episode, we said that this was going to be a two-part series on boundaries. You remember yeah. how we promised people that in this episode we would help them figure out everything? Well, it turns out that our boundaries are much larger than we really than we initially thought they were. And the number of words that I say about things are longer too, and so we are setting a boundary by extending the boundary yeah. by making this part 2 of a three-part episode Whoa. about boundaries. Whoa. This just supersized. Yeah, it sure did. But you know, I think that it illustrates that boundaries are really, really important when it comes to actually achieving a weight loss and fitness goal, and really lots of other goals too. But, you know, for us, it has been one of the keys to really um, being able to maintain and reach our goals because without setting boundaries, you are you are opening yourself up to so many other things that are going to get in the way of achieving those goals. Yeah, we were uh, in terms of this episode, we we me wrote so many notes on it that Donald was like, "Oh, you got more to say on that?" Yeah, and instead we, of doing... we got to a certain point, and I was like, "And that's end of episode." And then there were like three more pages of notes. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I just throw a lot in there. I don't. I I still feel like I have to give the world's most comprehensive coverage of every yeah. kind of boundary, every solution to every single problem. And, you know, there are plenty of other podcasts that give a couple of tips and tricks and they move along. Um, so I don't know why I still feel like I have to be the comprehensive source for all things, but... I think you need to learn how to set better boundaries. With <laughs> I think you need to learn. <laughs> Who do we... Uh, well... We had we had boundary issues this very week. I don't know if we're actually going to talk about them on this episode, but we uh, we are in the process of setting boundaries together, and it is a process. And uh, maybe we'll talk about it at some point in this yeah. episode. I had a few actual a few big boundary issues this week. Well, and you know how when you think about like someone says like don't think of a pink elephant, yeah. and suddenly you see pink elephants everywhere. I feel like this week after recording the last week's boundary episode, I feel like I came up against some huge boundary issues this week in many areas of my life. And I don't know if I'm extra special paying attention to them uh, to have content for the show or if it just turns out that boundaries keep happening whether you've lost weight or not and life just keeps changing. So uh, they're ever-changing and uh, who knows, maybe this will be a four-part series in the end. Who even knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it it's a constant tug-of-war, the, the whole boundary thing, because, you know, you have to decide at a certain point 
when to set a boundary and when you are going to, you know, damage a relationship with somebody and whether it's worth uh, it's worth doing. Well, and so, well, and part of that, too, is, you know, and I think as we're talking about boundaries as a whole, this isn't about getting the people around you to change what they're doing. Right. It's about understanding yourself better, understanding what your own needs are and the role that you actually play in the relationships that you're a part of. It's not just everybody else's problem. It's you taking ownership of the role that you play in the dynamic. Because I would love to blame, I used to blame everybody else for me being twice as heavy as I am right now. hundred percent. It was my job. It was my family. It was like, I didn't have enough time. It was everybody else's problem and that is a real victim like place to be and, and ultimately you know it's not about solving every issue that you have with boundaries so that you can do whatever you want at <laughs> any time because that's never going to happen but what what our focus is about is is not turning to secret eating or yeah. not turning to to emotional eating as a solution to these things but rather really trying to to get to the actual problem and and maybe free up some of your time so that you have more time to focus on your health and fitness, you know, if that's your problem. Um, but really, you know, it's it's never going to be a hundred percent just there are there are no boundaries in your life <laughs> other than the ones you set. But here's the thing, and I think what we're first gonna do is we're gonna talk about um we're gonna go back to last week's episode and talk about the different types of boundaries that there are. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to go into sort of how to process boundary issues that come up in your life. And then we're going to wait till the next episode to give you some sort of concrete tips on on alternatives. Uh, but we just thought that this was a really big, big topic. So yes, indeed. So, All right. So uh, what are the types of boundaries okay. here? So there are physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, intellectual boundaries, time boundaries, material boundaries like money, possessions, and then generosity boundaries. Uh, and there are also food boundaries, which we had also talked about because we're all here about food. And once again, all of those make really good band names. Like I'm calling <laughs> my next band Material Boundaries. Ooh. Yeah. I think very, it's really good, right? Good prog rock, I yeah, think. You're like, I like very, it. very yeah. mod. It's very good. Yeah. Um, but understanding that boundaries aren't just one thing. I used to think like volunteering at my daughter's school, th those were the only kind kind of boundaries that there were. But realizing, especially in this COVID world, that there are bigger physical and emotional boundaries, that we're all managing different kinds of boundaries around our thoughts around life and society and our futures. And like, this goes all the way to the top, man. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, and we, we said this on the last episode, that if you don't understand yourself, your boundaries and your priorities, other people will decide for you. And in so many cases, when we are silent, when we don't share what our needs are with others, we're complicit in our own, like surrendering our lives to other people's agendas. Yeah, for sure. And I used to think that there was no choice, that I had no agency, that it was everyone else's fault. And the more that I saw that it was my responsibility to understand myself to understand what my actual needs are, what would make me feel better in situations. It doesn't have anything to do with other people's expectations. It just has has to do with me understanding 
like the role that I play in my life as the star of the Catherine Weigel show. Yeah, and it's a great show to watch, let me tell you. <laughs> Lots of repeats. Donald <laughs> has heard every single story. Um, and, you know, I don't think I realized this, and I know we said we weren't going to talk about a lot of examples, but a lot of times I would say yes to something because I was afraid of hurting somebody's feelings, I was afraid of damaging a relationship, and then I wouldn't actually have the time to be able to commit to it. Like people ask me, or they used to at least, ask me all the time to read their scripts yeah, because I work in the business. and. You know, I would say yes to that, but then I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't really have the time to do it properly. And then it almost made it worse in the end rather than just like realizing and saying no in the first place. Well, I can't tell you how many times in my life I have considered like must be nice to be in witness protection where you can change your identity. <laughs> Not even kidding. I'm like, there have been times where I've gone like, maybe we could just move five houses over and change our names so that nobody could ever find us again. And yeah. I, I'll just start Facebook over again, I'll delete, I'll throw my phone in the ocean, and then no one will be able to find us. Because I didn't know how to tell people what I needed. One, it made me feel like a martyr. It built up resentment. I had a hero complex. Well, where would they all be without me? I'm the only one who can do it all. And it made me emo like it made me emotionally eat. I decided to emotionally eat about it yeah. for decades because I didn't think that I had a voice. I didn't think that I deserved a place in the room. Oh, everybody's got bigger problems than me. Oh, I've already said yes. How can I say no? And I know, you know, from from Gretchen Rubin, you know, part of this, I used to think I had a calorie problem, but it turned out that I had a problem asserting myself and understanding myself. I thought that I was perfect and everyone else was flawed. And it turned out that the more self-understanding I have had and built in the last few years, the better I'm able to manage my stress and my boundaries with other people. Gretchen Rubin talks about, friend of the show, Gretchen Rubin. Friend of the show. Talks about the obliger tendency, the people who need external accountability, who can't say no to others, who always need someone else kind of over their shoulder. And for me as an obliger, that's like the yes man or the, you know, oh, you can always count on Catherine to get something done. That leads to a buildup of resentment and something called obliger rebellion. We've all seen movies like Donald was mentioning. Um, Steel Magnolias. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy Bates just like, you know, uh, takes it, takes it and takes it. And then finally, like, you know, kind of snaps in that movie after hearing the story of, of another woman who really, you know, stands up for herself. But we hear about people snapping and then suddenly being like, all right, it's a new Catherine Weigel in town. Well, like, yeah. but there are big movies about people who break. Yeah. Like, I, or, or people like they go to sleep and they, you know, they have an epiphany and they wake up the next day and they change everything. Like, I'm like, not going right to take away. it anymore. And then yeah. suddenly they're like, no Guff McGee. You know, that movie, no <laughs> Guff McGee. <laughs> I love no Guff McGee. But it's always this moment where people snap or they, you know, suddenly leave their families because they've taken too much or, you know, just like, I don't even want, you know, somebody going crazy and quitting their job on the spot, that doesn't magically happen. Yeah. That happens because of a buildup of unmet expectations. And again, that's not to say that everyone's got the perfect boss and if you tell people what you want, that you get it. But understanding the role that you play in, you know, creating a life for yourself really does matter. So we're going to go on and read a list of boundaries that are healthy. Have you heard of healthy boundaries, Donald? 
because well i have and i think that the you know in my mind at least the reason that we are doing this is that i don't know if i knew what healthy boundaries really were at a certain point i mean it seems like you know we're taught so many things in life but people don't really talk about this very often and i think I didn't really understand what a healthy boundary was like five, six, seven years ago. And and just even hearing it said out loud helps you to recognize like, oh, okay, like that's actually a thing that people can do. Because, you know, a lot of this I didn't even realize you could actually have right. in your life. Like I thought, you know, well, you just have to... If people don't know what you want, then you you just don't get it because, you know, nobody knows what it is. Yeah, or people should know what you want just because yeah, everybody you, should know. You that. want people to magically anticipate your needs and wants and your desires. And, you, like, I would just sit and, and fume sometimes because people weren't really picking oh, up on my – so many stories about Picking that. up on my, you know, my body language or whatever and, and instead of just actually telling them. Well, and we had a, uh, an Oscar party once. Uh, you know, as you do in Hollyweird. That's right. Oh my God! Sorry, that's terrible. <laughs> no, but we had we had a friend. You know, it was like Sunday night, nine thirty at night. Everybody's leaving, and we had one friend who just wouldn't leave. Right. And we were like, "Well, I guess he's spending the night. I don't know what to do. He's not getting the social cues that it's time to leave." And we thought he had a problem, but it turns out. We could have just said, "Hey, it's time to go, my guy," and we. So he still lives with us now because he never left. And, and it's probably just me, but I feel like you know I've been to a lot of like you know gatherings, parties, like whatever, and I'm like ready to go and everybody I'm there with just like will not leave and they won't pick up on my cues like even I'm like oh sure is getting late everybody and like nobody you know pays attention and I just I'm there and I get angrier and angrier yeah instead of just saying like hey you know what I want to go so um, we found a list uh, online from a group called Making Midlife Matter. Uh-oh, I feel attacked, Internet. Thank you for this. <laughs> but we found a list of healthy boundaries. And if you can just listen in, dear listener, and just see which ones make you feel really uncomfortable and I didn't know humans could do that yeah. uh, in particular. So uh, those we'll, are probably the ones that that you need to work on yourself. You're like, what? You can't do that. Yeah, um, okay, exactly. So I'll start out asking for what you want and need from those around you. What? Yeah. I prefer mind reading and glaring at people. I didn't even know that was possible uh, a few years ago. Being comfortable with saying no. What? That's not a thing. <laughs> I know. Like, That's how do you make believe? How do you ever say no and be comfortable That's about it? That's rude. Yeah. Okay. Um, making choices based on your values and beliefs instead yeah. of being bullied by other people. What? Exactly. Feeling safe and valid when you express emotions. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd rather not rock the boat and just stew about everything. And look, I know I know we weren't we said we weren't going to do this, but that has been a really like eye-opening one for me. I have really found over and over and over again that most of the time when I actually express a genuine emotion, I find that the like person or people I'm expressing it to have felt the same way and it really sort of creates a a bond of 
of, you know, we're all humans going through the same things. And that's been a real eye-opening surprise to me. But then they're also super big jerk faces. Oh, that's not going to agree are. with, which yeah. we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but then feeling equal and that you matter. There are so many times when I have felt like the out person in the room, well, I don't have a college degree yet. Well, I'm overweight. So I don't really have the say like, oh, my, my voice isn't respected. All right. So, and I almost don't even want to say this one because it still hurts me to, it, to it's actually not cool. say it. Yeah. You are responsible for your own happiness. What? <laughs> I know. That's not okay. Yeah, that's not what okay What do you mean it's my job to take care of my own emotions? As someone, uh, I think we basically started this podcast because of a codependent pattern of behavior where Donald's happiness, I tied to my happiness. Like, and if he wasn't happy, then I ate about it because I'm sure that that would make him happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your happiness being your own responsibility is that uh, that's a big, that's a big, ugly truth. Oh, here's, here's the second part of that. I know. Here it comes. Knowing that you're not responsible for someone else's happiness. Uh-oh. Ouch. Yeah. I used to do so many songs and dances trying to get other people to be happy and to, you know, impress them and make them smile with, you know, my affirmation. It turns out some people, it's just, it's not your job to make them happy. It's their own job. And that's, uh, there's some codependency in there. We're not doing a codependency episode, but that's a big realization that that is actually a boundary well and i still have issues with that especially with with you and with our daughter you know that thinking that when you're upset that you know i should be able to fix it or that i should try and fix it and a lot of times it's just the best thing is just to like like back away and not not be involved well but it's like but it goes back to that hero complex like well it's my job to fix everything is it i don't think so yeah so, anyway. yeah um, being comfortable disagreeing with mm. others, which is also a really hard one. I am, I have actually started putting that into practice recently. Yeah. And it has really helped me not feel like there was an urgency to fix everything. I know a lot of times, you know, in, in marriage, whatever on the interweb or I don't know, on shows like Mad About You starring whoever starred in that. Yeah. Um, whoever did. Paul Rudd? Riser. Riser. Yeah. Uh, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Ellen DeGener. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Hunt. There yeah. we go. Um, I, I honestly, that one, I was like, <laughs> Paul Riser, I knew. But then Helen, I was like, Helen. Helen. That being comfortable disagreeing thing is like I, I have had a few situations recently where I've actually said, this doesn't have to be fixed right now. Yeah. Like the whole, oh, that's what I was going to say. The like, oh, don't go to bed angry. I kind oh, of, yeah. I kind of have to go to bed angry. Back to mad about you. Mad about you. That's it. Mad about you. <laughs> um, people would always say like, oh, don't go to bed angry. I need space from my feelings because my initial feeling is murder feeling. And sometimes in the morning, just sleeping and getting some space from it really does help. So being comfortable disagreeing and giving yourself space is actually has been an amazing tool in my recovery from boundary. And issues. we've talked about it a lot on this show, but there has been study after study showing that you make poor decisions oh, the gosh. longer you are awake. Like if 
if you're trying to make a big decision and you've been up all day, it's probably a bad idea to make that decision. Well, that's the thing. Being like, okay, we're going to stay up until – we're not sleeping until this is sorted out really. Yeah. You're like exhausted exactly. and your emotional state is damaged. Not so good. Okay. This is another one that has been a big issue for me. Acknowledging what you're feeling. And we're going to talk a lot more about this. Sometimes in the moment, I'm so, you know, white hot rage that I really don't understand what I'm feeling. And so I don't say anything. And I used to think if I didn't have the perfect comeback in the moment that I didn't deserve to bring it up again. Yeah. Because other people are super articulate or they have strong opinions or points. And I feel like overwhelmed and I, I feel kind of lost about what to say. I realized I need space to figure out what exactly I'm feeling. It reminds me of the Seinfeld where, where like George is eating a whole bunch of shrimp and a guy in the meeting goes like, Hey George, the ocean called, they're running out of shrimp. And George, <laughs> the delayed comeback, George thinks of his comeback, like on the way home the in the jerk car store called. and he's like the jerk store called, they're running out of you. And he like engineers another meeting in another situation <laughs> so with the can... shrimp so that the guy will make the same joke. And then the guy has an even better comeback after the jerk store. Well, and I think that that's where a lot of my comedy styling comes from is yeah. the snarky, mean response that I would have said instead of actually dealing with my emotions. But I'm, that's kind of my comedy brand is the George Costanza. So, Well, lastly, the last thing on the list is being comfortable changing your mind oh boy i know which which is also a really hard one you know sometimes i just i get to a point where even if i understand that the other person is right or a different situation would make things easier i just want to be right so badly that i like won't allow myself to change my mind or to back down well but also in that i feel sometimes when i say yes to something that that is an obliger for me. Yeah, yeah, that that's, that's the other like, part of well, it. I said yes, and I can never say no. I had, uh, I can't even tell you how many situations. Oh my gosh, so many boundaries where I was working on a giant project for work and a younger person was supposed to be my co pilot on it. Right. And it was a huge endeavor and it was totally overwhelming. And a week in with all the stuff that I was already doing, the the person, the I don't know what generation they were. If you know any generation under Gen X, you let me know, but it's one of the young They're, kids. I don't know. Y, with, Z, with t- yeah, one of those. I think it was a millennial. Yeah. I think it was a millennial. Yeah. The millennial sent an email to the team and said, this is too much work. And I'm going to pull out of the project, which left me to do it all. How do people and, do that, by the way? But, I marvel at that all the time when people can just say no to like but, doing but work. But I was like, is that an option? Like yeah. saying no to a boss? And yeah. he, were there any repercussions for the kid? No, there were no repercussions. And that was actually like the the tipping point for me totally breaking down in December of 2015 and then changing my life in January of 2016, the like yeah. overwhelm of feeling like I could never say no to anything and anyone. So, so thank goodness so thank that kid did for- that. <laughs> <laughs> thank but, goodness that entitled millennial did that. Once we say yes to something, we feel like we can't say no. And I think the next part of what we're going to talk about is 
is really understanding the anatomy of boundaries and how to process them so that when you move forward, you can be better equipped to deal with them. So sure, we can come up with hypothetical future situations um, and just, you know, be like, okay, well, I'm just going to say no to everything. I'm the no person now. Like I'm Kathy Bates hitting people and that's right. Steel Magnolia. Um, but the way to sort of start out is think of a recent situation where you felt like you were angry, like you were taken advantage of, like you were misunderstood, that there was some boundary that was crossed. So just think of something recent and then ask yourself which boundary was crossed, especially in this time of COVID. Was a physical boundary crossed? Was it something emotional? Was Were your feelings disrespected? Was it an intellectual boundary? Someone dismissed what you said or you felt like you weren't heard in a meeting? Was your time wasted by someone else? Did someone take advantage of, you know, borrowing money or possessions? Uh, was it a generosity? Did someone, did you offer to help someone else and do you feel like it was more than you bargained for? Yeah. Really understanding what about the situation, you know, like calling it by name so that you actually know what's wrong. Because a lot of times in the moment, you know, and, and I think we all do this. It's like, well, what's wrong? I don't, I just hate him. I just want to, I'm, right. I'm going to quit. I am going to burn him in effigy like whatever it is being in a position where you just go to rage it's really difficult to really pinpoint what is wrong when you're in that heightened state so for me i give myself time and space to really consider what i'm angry about because in the moment all i feel is anger but i know in a day or two i can step back and go what about this actually made me upset yeah really crystallizing what it is that is actually making you upset like and becoming clear on it is is a really important step in in being able to set boundaries in the future so getting to a point where you have a self-awareness of what actually made you upset is kind of tough i just was like i hate everything it's the Law. Like that would be all that I do. But I found a list from the Gottman Institute that was sort of a, a self-awareness practice about sort of what emotion was evoked. Why did you feel upset or angered or that a boundary was crossed? And so, there's 24 items on this list. So we're not going to like, you know, really dwell on each one, but we thought it would be helpful to at least read the list so you can start keeping in mind the idea of what, you know, what actually made you so upset. Right. So uh, here's questions to ask yourself. Did I feel excluded, powerless, unheard, scolded, or judged? Did I feel blamed, disrespected? Did I feel a lack of attention? Did I feel a lack of affection? Did I feel uncared for? Did I feel lonely? Ignored, like I couldn't be honest about my feelings, like I was the bad guy? Was I forgotten, unsafe? Did I feel unloved? Did I feel that something was unfair? Did I feel frustrated or disconnected? Yeah, or trapped. That's a very big one. Uh, a lack of passion or compassion. Did I feel like I couldn't speak up? That I felt manipulated or controlled? Or like my time wasn't respected? That is a really huge one for me. So I'm sure that there are many other ways that you can drill down on what is compromised when you have a boundary issue. 
in the moment, like I said, we can feel really overwhelmed by just the raw upset of it. But once we understand what boundary was crossed, we can then better understand what we need in the future. So much of this, you know, I know it it seemed hokey when I was a kid, all of the self-help books and the like men are from Mars, women are from Venus or whatever. Yeah. But realizing that understanding my love languages, which how I feel appreciated. I right now am an acts of service and a uh, quality time person. I realize that my time being wasted is a huge boundary issue for me. Yeah. And understanding that about myself really helps me better frame a response moving forward it's really empowering and i'm all gifts all the time i just <laughs> want people to give me things no not really true but kind of true <laughs> yeah i'm not a gift see and if someone gives me a gift like out of turn for no reason i definitely feel like they're trying to trick me into something so <laughs> but like uh, my love language is suspicion <laughs> it, no but really like understanding what you're motivated by how you feel appreciated really matters because sometimes it's an imbalance of appreciation other times it's time it really it really does matter and i think you know beyond the love languages and we haven't really talked about this on the podcast much but um, there's another thing called enneagrams which i think is big with the kids these days yeah. sort of understanding your motivation there's, for there's doing like certain thousands things. of tiktoks on it <laughs> oh the kids love it but um, I was listening to the Lazy Genius podcast, and she was talking about different personality types and how they interact with one another. And she said that for the first 15 years of her marriage, she and her husband never fought. And she wore it as like a badge of honor, like, oh, my gosh, we have such a great relationship. Like, yeah. We just, oh, we never fight. And then she realized that they never fought because they never actually shared their feelings. <laughs> yeah. and, and they just kind of held silent resentments against one another because neither of them liked conflict. Well, that's worked for us for 23 plus no, years but, like, now. We, you know, we have boundary issues. Yes, I know. Um, but I think it's important to like just saying like, oh, she always goes with the flow oh you can always count on Catherine, whatever right. but if it turns into like you finding a secret stash of voodoo dolls that i've made about you because i'm so mad that i'm not getting my way i would never ever say you go with the flow you are not in any never way in the no i'm not flow. no Easy one does has it. ever thought that no but i you know very uh, conspicuously just I'm like, no, fine, good, no, yeah, okay, yeah. fine, no, like you're gonna get it in the future. So I'm definitely not chill with it, but understanding that the, that that is a choice that I make. And when we say yes and we mean no, it comes with a high price, not only a high price on the scale because of the emotional eating, but it slowly erodes and damages the relationships we have to get to the point where I thought being in witness protection to get away from people <laughs> I didn't like was the only way out instead of <gasps> gasp. Sorry, we shouldn't. You insert, insert a gasp later on. I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, I'll do that. Sure, Jan. Uh, sure, Jan. But actually telling people what you want and need from them? Nope, nope. I'd rather just never say anything. Well, this might be the kind of thing I should say for the next episode, but I'm going to admit here on a recording, a public recording. Uh oh I don't know what he's going to say. For the last 18-ish months, 
I have actually really liked having a built-in excuse to say no to seeing people. Yeah, we're introverts. We're yeah. actually introverts, and so it's really hard for us to be social. I, I know anyway. there's there are probably like horrifying ramifications to what I just said in terms of you know I I don't want there to be a pandemic. I really don't, but it has been a personal like nice thing to not have to go see people and have a built-in excuse about it. Well, but I think, you know, on the big side of boundaries and asserting your boundaries, so many of us see ourselves, and I, I have done this myself, I have seen myself as a passive participant in my life. I have seen myself as not the, you know, star actor in my life. I'm an assistant. I'm on the side. I'm, a you know, just a, a day player in my life. Right. And it is is much easier sometimes to think, I just won't tell anybody what I need. Everybody else has bigger issues than I do. Oh, they've got it worse than me. Oh, they have a bigger emotion about something. So I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to say anything. And the more we try to blend in to the background, the more we, the, the smaller we try to be in our lives, the larger we become because we cope with our unmet needs with food, because food is reliable. Food is an immediate endorphin rush when we're feeling these really hard emotions of being let down by others. And when we start asserting boundaries, we definitely run the risk of disrupting the current flow. It disrupts relationships when we change our minds, when we're more assertive. And we're not saying go Kathy Bates. I was going to say in misery, which was also not. <laughs> All, she, also, don't do that. Don't do yeah. that. Don't. Yeah, don't. Not, don't, do don't follow Kathy Bates in anything, basically. <laughs> yeah, not in Steel Magnolias or Misery, neither one. Um, but realizing that it's okay to disrupt relationships if it means being able to go to bed feeling like you actually own a part of your life more than you did the day before. I am dealing right now with a couple of really big boundary issues that are super uncomfortable. Uh, not with Donald. Um, <laughs> but that have Thank made... Thank goodness. I was like over here panicking. I'm like, wait a minute. What did I do now? We'll talk about that on the next episode. <laughs> but really uncomfortable situations. And I think the best gift I've given myself is being okay that there is big discomfort. Yeah. Like it actually feels good to have told the people it's okay that it's hard right now. And I don't have to um, like act like it's an emergency and that I have to fix it right now. It's okay to sit with discomfort and not eat about it. And the peace of mind that I have knowing that I'm asserting myself feels so much better than the anguish of bottling up everything inside. Like I said, it's going to disrupt things. But the more I'm able to understand my feelings, understand my motivations, and articulate what my needs are, the better, like the more whole I am as a person. Because at what age are we suddenly going to become old enough to deserve to say what we need? They joke about, you know, Sophia from Golden Girls, like, oh, she's cantankerous and old and she says what she needs, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, what, so I'm going to be 80 and that's when I get to that's tell people what I That's when you get to I say need. how you feel. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you know how old people are. And I'm like, you know what? If I can't do it now, when is it going to happen? It is 
always the right time to start asserting yourself. And just like all other change, it might be uncomfortable, but that's okay. In the next episode, we are actually going to give you promise. I know we said it last time, but we're going to give you (laughs) on the ground, uh, actual tips on how to manage boundaries until we change our minds and don't do that because that's our, that's our boundary to insert ourselves for what we would like. (laughs) Sure. Um, So thank you so much for listening today. I know that these are really big topics on when I started this whole weight loss thing, I didn't know I had a boundary problem. Turns out most of my problems are boundary problems. Yeah. Boundaries and mindset issues have been, have been huge. And, you know, nobody talks about that. People just talk about like, you know, get on the right plan, do the right recipes. Yeah. It's, you know, they don't talk about all these things. Boundaries are huge. So thank you for uh, listening today and uh, accepting the possibility that there is change that is possible. And tune in next week for more on boundaries. And if you like this episode, uh, we have a whole bunch of other ones available wherever you find podcasts and also always on our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on the link that says join our support group. We have an online Facebook-based women's only accountability group called Wolt Place, W-O-L-T Place, We Only Look Thin Place, Place is constant. Walt is an acronym. Yes. Um, but it is uh, it is a place for accountability and for fellowship and for understanding. It's a place to be yourself while you're working on your health goals. It is not a weight loss plan, but it is a great support community. I love like for some reason that sounds like a like a sort of ancient sage expression. Place is constant. Walt <laughs> is an acronym. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to uh, contact us with other questions directly, uh, you can also email us to weonlylookthin at gmail dot com, and we will eventually get back to you. We love to hear from you. We love your questions. We love your comments. Uh, we also love episode ideas, and um, you know we've really made a bunch of episodes off of uh, listener emails and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yep. And you can also follow us on the socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at We Only Look Thin. And if you have uh, time to head over to Apple Podcast, you can also leave us a rating and review. It not only boosts us in search results for Apple Podcasts, but it also boosts our mood and lets us know that we're uh, doing something that matters. Yes, indeed. And it uh, really helps out the show if uh, if you have, uh, you know, seven or eight seconds and you can go over there and leave us a preferably five-star review, we would really be grateful. So if you're not sure whether you're showing up in the world today as Kathy Bates from Steel Magnolia or <laughs> Kathy Bates from Misery, just know that Donald and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.